Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Welcome to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. I'm Ko Im. David Greiner is off this week, but we are going to talk about uh, some of his work and our colleagues' work on 2021. So we have an Outlook issue for, I think it's our first issue of the year. And basically, we reached out to all of our editors and reporters and got them to answer the question of, okay, what's going to happen for each of your verticals or your industry? So we have everyone from TV and streaming to programmatic. Um, David Greiner has a nice piece about um, what to expect in post-pandemic production after a year that altered almost everything. And he dives further into that. Our agency's editor uh, talks about um, what it looks like um, for the future of agencies after a year of turmoil. The hint here is that, well, the future might look very bright. Um, in addition to our editor's notes or essays, we also have um, our trending pieces. And with us today to talk about those pieces are our deputy editor of agencies, Minda Smiley, and our CPG reporter, Paul Hebert. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hello. Hey. Welcome back, I guess. Um, I want to start off with... Um, uh, how how the year in coverage has has gone so far for you? Let's start with Minda. Hey, uh, the year in coverage. Um, I would say <laughs> it, it's been a busy year already. It feels like on the agency's beat. Um, things were sort of quiet the first few days, and then uh, it seems like everyone just sort of jumped back in. We've already seen a ton of of big moves happening this year. I think um, you know last week we saw Rob Riley go from McCann to WPP, which was um, a pretty big move for him. He's kind of helped. He's been a part of McCann, um, you know, just really ramping up their creative chops over the past five or so years. And uh, I guess now he'll be taking his talent to WPP um, as they sort of continue their their turnaround strategy. Uh, so that's that. I know there's already been a few big um account changes, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond is starting off the year with a new, a bunch of new agencies. Um, Their biggest probably is uh, Matese Kofer, um, the new creative agency. 
and um, Phillips just put their their account up for review, their, their media account. So I could go on and on, really. <laughs> maybe the, the point I'm trying to make is, yeah, it's it's been a busy year, and I think um, we're gonna, we're definitely going to see some of the trends that started last year, uh, you know, kind of spurred by the pandemic, kind of really play out even more this year. So yeah, and that's really you know what all of us are digging into. What's what's kind of here to stay? What's going back to? Um, the dreadful quote unquote normal <laughs> that that is overused. Um, Paul, what about you? Um, obviously, we're all looking forward to Super Bowl. That's like a whole nother episode or two or three. Um, but what's going on in, in, in retail world? Is it fast changing as well? Yeah, it's been an incredible year for the industry. There's just been so many changes in how people live their lives. Uh, covering the consumer goods industry, of course, um, a lot of it's just everyday products that people buy, that people use. So the everyday has just been so, uh, it's just been so disrupted to every, all aspects of life essentially now happening at home. So all, most all industries have done quite well because people are just eating at home more, which means cleaning more at home, which means more exercise at home, more streaming at home, working at home, studying at home. Just the whole universe has essentially collapse to people's homes, I think, which has ultimately benefited the industry. Um, I mean, I was just I was just talking to someone yesterday, we were talking about sustainability and how that was such a big, big topic, but it's kind of given everything that's happened in the past year, any uh, anything beyond um, just getting those basic needs met and stuff have kind of fallen on the wayside a bit. But I think we'll start to see more of those other trends that were happening a lot before um, 2020 came around to start popping up again slowly as as things do start to resemble what they look like pre-pandemic. Yeah, and, and your piece is about how pandemic-inspired um, behaviors have marketers betting on what's going to stick around. Um, what what are the top ones, and what are the ones that maybe also will just go away? Uh, it's the it's the biggest question out there. I think it's something that people just love to talk about, but no one really know. For sure, because it's just so unprecedented what's happening right now. It's not, I mean, the, from high unemployment to um, trouble in Washington to the pandemic itself, it's just so many things happening at once. And uh, um, so the words I keep hearing people say, too, is, you know, there's nothing super new. It's just more amplified and accelerated what was already happening prior to the pandemic. Um, so like online grocery is a big one I've been focusing on, just more and more people adopting to just, hey, I can buy tomatoes online, I can buy bananas online, I can buy anything online that people maybe not didn't think about before or weren't comfortable with doing before. Um, same with at-home at exercise, people have been spent years going to gyms, now they kind of like are improvising, doing their own things at home, maybe on their city block or something, just finding new, new ways of, of doing the same routines and um, I think just the interesting thing is that maybe people didn't consider a lot of these activities before and just the pandemic has um, forced them to give it a try. And I think that mm -hmm. knowing how long like the habit will stick is, um, yeah, it's just a good question. I think there'll definitely be some some declines and returns back to normal, but I think there will be always an elevated amount of change. I think absolutely, I mean, this isn't new to say, but I think 2020 has absolutely been a... a pivotal year as far as consumer behavior and trends. Um, yeah, I um, I used to teach at a gym. Uh, I'm not going back, but I do know that in the fitness world, the people who love gyms will go back to gyms. As far as um, 
online shopping goes. I don't know, Minda, do you do you go out? You, you know, you guys are both in, in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad ordering a tomato off Prime. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, well, maybe I can just go, right? Um, depending on it, you know, if you're healthy enough. But uh, Minda, what about you? I, I know for me, like, I never thought I would be doing those YouTube exercise videos, and here I am. You know? Yeah, you know what's what's funny to me, and, and Paul, I don't know if this might be a little bit more more niche. I don't know if this is your area, but I've really wanted to get into in home exercise because, like everyone, I'm sort of I used to go to the gym, I used to go to cycling classes. That that's hard now, but I have a downstairs neighbor um, that like clearly is not is not going to want to hear me like you know running or jump roping or doing whatever up here so like even in home working out has been like a challenge for me um for a while I was just like running outside running around the city um but then it got cold so that became harder so I I don't know like I feel like it's funny because like I keep seeing all these things about like oh in-home workouts are becoming so big and I'm like yeah but I can't really like do a lot of them because my downstairs neighbor will hate me so um <laughs> I don't know it, it's been interesting um for sure I've t- I've you know I think like everyone's kind of thought about like getting a, a bike or a peloton I don't know if I, I'm gonna do that um that seems like maybe too big of a commitment and, and uh, expense but yeah I, I don't know it is it's interesting to see sort of how everyone's kind of dealing with it and how like different people in different cities or locations are, are kind of facing their own set of challenges. So, so yeah, I don't know. I was going to say too, what I have heard as far as um, just people's more sensibilities around hygiene and cleaning and just what they're eating. Um, I think there's just going to be, that will probably be a long lasting change that people will just be more aware of you know, how, how clean their space is and, and more aware of uh you know, how often they're doing laundry, wiping down counters, those sorts of things. Um, I think that could, could stick around for a while, whether it's um, justified or not. I think it's just it's just been such a terrible year that people are going to have that in the back of their minds that the world is not maybe as clean or safe as they thought it was. You know, this is more of kind of uh, the creativity beat too. But, you know, it makes me think, Minda, what you said about how different people are adjusting, you know, the the challenge for for. Um, creatives to come up with campaigns that kind of address all of all of the different experiences, right? I mean, and maybe um, that leads into what you were saying about how everyone's kind of up for evaluation. Would you say that's that's kind of fair? Maybe that's playing into some of this of you know how we spend our money, how we reach our audience, all of that. Oh yeah, I mean, you you mean like from a creative standpoint? Yeah, and a creative, and you know, the 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 agency kind of um, shuffles that we're seeing, and even the the promotions. Um, it's it's putting everyone kind of in yeah. a evaluation. I, mode. I agree. I mean, I think the start of the year is always kind of a time when people sort of reset and uh, and think about how they can kind of you know future proof themselves, as they say. And I think we're, I think probably part of the reason we're seeing even more of that this year, at least that's what it feels like, is that agencies, you know, to your point, are feeling like they have to really really step up and, and shape up and, and prepare for a year that, you know, while while we might not see as much change as we did last year, but who knows, um, you know, clearly the world has changed and, and what marketers want and expect uh, has changed. And I think um, agencies are really just kind of making the moves to try to, to try to set themselves up um, for growth. But I, it can be hard to tell. I mean, I think, you know, I just think we, agencies even still are kind of grappling with, with what happened and, and figuring out how to best um, set themselves up for success. So... Yeah, you you write about um, how in you know this year of reinvention they're looking for that clarity. So what are, what are the kind of points there? Um, 
a lot of that has to do with kind of talent and people first. Is that right? Yeah, we're definitely seeing that. Um, I think talent is probably the biggest trend I'll be keeping my eye on this year. Um, and, that, and that kind of plays out in a few ways. I think certain roles are just going to be growing and becoming more in demand. Um, DE&I roles for sure. HR roles. I mean, I think the remote workforce, people's mental health. Um, there's so much happened last year um, in terms of just like how companies um, treat their employees and what employees expect and value. And I think companies really had to wake up and, and, and kind of realize that and, and make the appropriate hires. Um, so we're seeing that in a lot of companies, but especially ad agencies. Um, and then I think, you know, the way agencies operate, that's kind of been changing for quite some time now. But once again, last year kind of sped that up. I think we're going to just be seeing so many more flexible models, freelance models, much more project work. And um, so I think the freelance market is just really going to grow. Um and I also think, you know, kind of because of that, maybe going off of that, um, and I write about this in my in my trending piece, is that um, the people that agencies do hire full time and, and do invest in full time are going to be those really, really, um, you know, senior or, or just experienced, or they they're going to have a very clear value they're bringing to the table. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be clear why they're there. Uh, but we're already seeing some agencies kind of exemplify that a little bit. Um, in terms of, you know, the core team is really the, the team the client wants the access to and they, and they can scale up and down depending on what they need. But um, I just think, you know, I keep hearing the same kind of phrases like flatter organizations, nimbler organizations. And I think really that just means fewer people at the end of the day. Mm, that's really interesting. Um, Paul, this question goes back to you um, in terms of flexibility and structure and diversity even. Um are we going to see more of a choice of products or maybe a more kind of narrow focus on products? Any thoughts on that? I know it's kind of a big question there. Well, it it has been a trend that the the CPG companies that I follow, they had such demand that they, they struggled to meet it. They, they almost, they slowed down on promotions. They slowed down on advertising just because they had so much organic demand, the, the panic buying days and all that. Um, so some of them did drop a lot of brands and they stopped producing a lot of products just so it could focus on their best sellers. So instead of um, instead of like 40 different types of peanut butter, they just focus on the, the top three best selling uh, peanut butters. And there's multiple examples of just, yeah, just reducing a lot of the like, again, just having so much variety um, slows down the production. So they just focused on fewer things that were already selling so well. So um and, I, you know, and that said, I think they will keep innovating and they will keep trying to find ways to, again, a lot of the pandemic was about the words I keep hearing is nostalgia, comfort, indulgence. People wanted the, they kind of like breathe new life into the uh, most legacy brands you can think of that have been, you know, advertising on um, TV shows since we were all kids and stuff. Um, but they got to keep adjusting in meeting these trends that again while while they may have paused for the past year i think they will start to come back people will want more of that health and they will want more organic things um so the big cpg companies have a chance they have more more money than they've had in a while so they have a lot of chance to innovate now um yeah so i think that once that gets going again the the big question will be how they adjust to as again as the world starts to shift back again yeah um i don't want to overgeneralize but you know there's this interesting kind of dichotomy of um, staying with that old familiar and also 
um, especially as Mindo was saying in the agency world, like thinking new and thinking bigger. Um, so the uh, we we're definitely seeing the theme of extremes continuing to play out. Um, I wanted to ask both of you, you know, what what are your staples um, that you're keeping? Well, Paula, it made me laugh when you were talking about um, legacy brands because I I um <laughs> I've become like very loyal to Folgers coffee, and I think someone wrote about that recently. Like Folgers is seeing like a boom, and I don't even know why. Maybe because like my parents always made it growing up. Um, I don't know. I drink it every morning. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite commercial song is like Folgers in I know, your cup. I know. You know, <laughs> it, like it feels very '90s and just I don't know. I I I I've been buying it the entire pandemic, and it um and it just make it made me laugh a few months ago when I saw a headline being like millennials are uh, growing Folgers. I was like, ah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think, again, the line I hear is that people are seeking certainty in uncertain times. People want to know what's trusted, what's the most popular, well-known brands that are out there and have been around for the while. People don't want to experiment with a, a thing they've never tried before, even if it's maybe it's better, maybe it's healthier. <laughs> but people don't want to waste their time or, or, you know, waste their time in grocery stores or their, their limited money on things that might not work out. So they just kind of go to the old standbys yeah. and just cling to what's. Uh, safe and known. And again, that that wasn't the case prior to the pandemic. I don't think it will always be the case, of course, but people just, you know, we, we're all tired, we're all exhausted. We don't want to make big choices on what we buy at the grocery house. Just buy what you know and, and get out of there. Totally. Yeah. I, there's so much um, psychology that, that plays into everything now. Um, I think that's one thing that everyone has to keep in mind, you know, in the workplace and in the industry, for sure. Um, Paul, any staples? Um, <laughs> oh boy, yeah, tough question. Um, any Canadian staples? <laughs> if you guys didn't just hear that, oh boy. <laughs> well, I mean, I've I I think we've been just buying a lot of the same things we've always been buying. I don't think we've changed that much. We've, I mean, like most families, been eating more at home. Um, I've had my periods of definitely a lot of Seven Eleven trips just to <laughs> to stock up for the day. So, um, but I, I might keep my eye out on that stuff more than other people and, and be a bit more experimental with things, but. Right. You can't go into a store with Paul without having some observation, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I keep bringing home things that my wife gives me like a, a double look at cause she's never seen before. And, um, yeah, keeps, keeps, uh, trying to bring some more variety in, but it's not always liked That's in amazing. our house. That's awesome. Um, any other final thoughts or predictions or wishes um, before we, we say goodbye for now? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I think we've, we've covered most. Yeah, we. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, this was such a fun conversation uh, with, with the two of you. I'm always glad, um, you know, when we can reconnect as, as team members. Um, if anything, uh, 2020 has taught me is that community and relationships are are so, so, so crucial in helping our uh, individual selves thrive and um, our community survive for sure. Um, and then we'll see which brands, you know, stick around and, and really make that nice impact. So uh, thank you, Paul and Minda, for joining us this week. Thanks, Co. And this episode was produced by yours truly, edited by Lane McGibney with Music by Home. Please feel free to subscribe, leave a review, send us an email, podcast at adweek.com. Uh, David Greiner will be back next week and we'll see you soon. 
Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.